0: So Michael, your uh, story interests me for, for a number of reasons. I understand you got your start in property management. How did, how did that come about? I suppose I say to most of the young people these days, the
1: best place to start in real estate is property management. It's the entry level point, particularly residential. Um, you don't actually need a degree or anything like that to, to get going. And it's a, a very good entry level
0: um, into the industry. And what, what did you take away from your time in property management? What are the Key sort of learnings that that put you in good stead to where you are now? Well I think when you're in property management all
1: you aspire to is to you know move into the sales arena because you're working with people in an an office all the sales guys who are out there you know making money having a good time whereas you're sort of stuck you know doing rentals (laughs) and so forth in goings and outgoings and dealing with tenants and so forth so it's a natural step from a property management into a sales field. Some people um, stay in the property management field but I was uh, pretty ambitious as a youngster and saw myself moving into the sales arena very, very quickly
0: once I got going in the, uh, in the property management area. And so what was that transition in terms of time from property management into sales? You were sort of doing that for a year or two? No, I was pretty much only going about it for probably six or eight months in a very big company. We had a,
1: a huge rent roll, a company called LR Reed & Co back in the days that were you know, based in the city. The, the guys in there were, you know, selling um, you know, a lot of apartments, um, a lot of well, flats back then what we used to call. Pretty ambitious to get, uh, get into the sales arena so I, as soon as I could I got out of the property
0: management sphere and moved into sales with a, a company up in Bourne. And your first couple of months in in sales, how, how different was that? Compared to what you were working in previously in property management, uh, it was an interesting, uh, interesting transition. But uh, I was lucky enough to work with um, work
1: with some great people, and I had a couple of a uh, couple of really good bosses there in you know Paul Walker and uh, Mark Rathgaver back in the days, many moons ago. So the transition was pretty easy, and um, you know I was uh, I was okay at it without you know setting the world on fire. I was just a, a you know a good ordinary
0: salesperson, and I enjoyed my time you know in the sales field. And then from there. Residential, we moved into commercial. What was the reason behind that? I suppose it's
1: just an ongoing um, you know, looking at what everybody's doing in the residential sphere we're selling you know apartments and houses for you know back then you know maybe two hundred thousand five hundred thousand six hundred thousand but you're seeing these commercial transactions going through you know I always used to follow it starting in in the multi-millions and that was sort of um, got me going and I thought well you know I'd actually like to have a crack at um, a crack at the big time and get involved in the commercial sphere so I worked myself back into commercial property management role and I needed to go backwards to go forward and I worked in the commercial property management arena for probably a year before I then got my, uh, uh, my stripes and became an industrial you know, sales and leasing consultant. And why industrial? Was that just a, an area of interest that you'd had or...? In the commercial sphere, there's, there's sort of different avenues. There's, you know, the office market, there's the industrial, there's capital markets. Industrial was where I got my gig. I worked for a company called McGee's who were who were a very big um, industrial agency back in the day. So I got my gig there working under a guy, a bit of a legend in the industry called Tommy Davis. And uh, quite a few of his, uh, you know, progeny are still floating around today. But it was, um, you know, it was a great insight into, um, you know, into a much bigger market. And from there, I understand you moved into the development space. Is that right? Yeah, so once I, uh, I was at, at McGee's, then transitioned into Knight Frank for a while, into the uh, into the office market, but I suppose I always had my sights set on you know going bigger again and the development industry is what really caught uh, my attention back in the day. So I was then trying to find a job that could, could land me in the development arena um, and learn about the development business from, uh, from go to woe. So um, I was lucky enough to uh, come across a job at uh, Smorgan Consolidated Industries. Uh, d- at the time before the, the Smorgan family dispatched and uh, I was appointed there as sort of junior, you know, property and development manager working under a guy by the name of Ian Woodfield and it was a a pretty interesting time so I was you know, looking at I suppose it was—it's an area called um, corporate real estate. So my time at both Smorgan and uh, and Toll, where a, a property professional actually sits inside a you know a large organisation and controls the property around the group. So I was lucky enough to get going in that uh, in that
0: property development space and sort of kicked on from there. And what sort of properties were you looking after uh, when you were at the Smorgan Group? Was it industrial properties that they had? Was it you know residential stock that they were developing? No, uh, so Smorgan was um, was different. It was only it,
1: it wasn't a, it wasn't a long role. Once I'd gone there, well, Victor Smorgan announced the the disbandment of the group and basically sold down most of the assets. So from a corporate real estate point of view, I was handing back buildings and properties that went with various businesses. And from there, I transitioned into another company called um, uh, Toll Holdings. So. My time at Toll was, um, you know, probably, you know, I would say almost the highlight of my career. I started there when the, the company was turning over. I think it was basically around three hundred million or something like that. And head office was a publicly listed company, only newly publicly listed. And we were turning over three hundred odd million or something like that. And by the time you know I'd left Toll, you know, that that company had got to something like nine billion dollars. So we were on the acquisition trail um, all the time. I was part of the senior executive team there, working with some great people, you know, Paul Little, Mark Rose. Neil Chatfield, you know, Bernard McInerney. And as part of that team, you know, they were just on the acquisition trail. And so every time we bought a business, all these properties would come with it. So I think that really set Toll up was when we bought TNT and that the day after that acquisition, I inherited something like 133 properties, you know, around Australia. So it's always my job to sort through the properties put businesses together, build new facilities, and I think in my time there, you know, I remember uh, over a a stretch of a few years, I mean, we did something like a billion dollars worth of, you know, brand new um, industrial facilities for for businesses, so we were always consolidating new technology and the business was a phenomenal success
0: story. And you said you worked with Mark and, and Paul Little. What did you learn from them that you perhaps didn't know previously? Well, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of good, you know, bosses and mentors along
1: the way. I think not everybody gets that experience in life where you're surrounded by great people. And even from my from my very first job, I've been lucky that I've worked with great people. So they were very aggressive uh, business people, um, and they were on a basically on a mission. And you know, we were there to tidy up um, all the time. So they were, you know, fantastic people. Um, I was there for I think twelve odd years. I met a lot of fantastic people. Um, we did a lot of fantastic business. Built a lot of unbelievable facilities. I say I started, you know, when I was at Smorgan, I started building little little um, Smorgan ARC outlets around Australia. And by the time I finished at Toll, you know, we were building you know 50,000 square metre warehouses in you know Songyang in um, in Shanghai. So mm. I was lucky that the, the whole. Property cycles pretty much taking me around the world. I've met some great people, um, formed some great relationships, and I've just been, you know, incredibly lucky through uh, through my
0: journey. And from Toll, you joined Little Projects, or did you start Little Projects with Paul from the get-go? Run us through sort of the journey or the transition from Toll into Little Projects.
1: Yeah, well, so Little Projects sort of started by accident, really. Paul and I both had a, a passion for property, and one day I, I just saw a site. That I recommended to pull, you know, maybe we buy and you know sort of muck around with, and we then we, we appointed another person external to uh, to run that, and that went pretty well, and we bought another property, and then that business little projects became you know pretty big, so mm-hmm. um, I then left Hull to go and uh, uh, to go and run that. We had a again, we had a pretty good journey over the last uh, well, it was over probably seven odd years, built you know 2,000 odd apartments, and um, the business was a, um, you know an amazing success.
0: And um, what did you learn or or what were the sort of key uh, learnings, you know, that you took out of your time at Little Projects that you've taken into your your new business or relatively new business now?
1: I think that probably the biggest thing is it's not about one person, it's about a team. And I think at Little Projects we created a fantastic team. I've now done that again at, at Costa Fox. So we've got um, amazing people, it's only small. But I think the success in business is really due to creating you know, a, a great environment and having a, an unbelievable team around you, so just employing really smart people that are, are committed to the
0: job. And you obviously worked at you know, the who's who of, uh, of companies that you mentioned, Smorgan Group, Toll Holdings, Little Projects, now as you said you're to Costa Fox. What's it like now sort of having your own business that you can shape yourself in partnership with Robert Costa as opposed to working with other partners on a, on a bigger sort of company now you you know you're more small and, and niche and, and agile yeah look Roberts uh, Robert Costa
1: has been um, an unbelievable um, person in my life I suppose uh, for the last few years I was uh, when I uh, left little I was looking for a capital partner Robert was looking for a somebody in the development space and um, you know we were introduced to each other we got along pretty well I'd probably describe him as nature's gentleman he's not really involved day to day but he's he's there you know with his checkbook to, to support us not many people sort of know about Robert and I'd say he's a quiet achiever in the family but he's a great man very smart and um, he lets us pretty much do what we uh, do what we want to do and they pretty much the we've got a, a pretty good board now that, uh, that
0: that backs us in and have let us go and you know do the things that we uh, that we want to do and what are those things? What's the, the core focus or the core business for Costa Fox? Well, we like to be
1: varied in, um, in, in our approach, so we don't like to be totally exposed to any one sector. So, at the moment we've got a high-end residential project going on, we've got an industrial project going on, we're doing a strata office building. So I think variety um, and also just trying to aim for for something that's just a little bit above what everybody else is delivering in the market. I like to think our projects sort of stand out um, above most others. As a developer I'm sort of pretty, I'm reasonably critical of a lot of the rubbish that's been built um, over the years and so I think that that the test is really can go back and say you know I built that or I was involved in that that apartment building or Mm. uh, whatever and say that you know
0: I'm actually proud of it. I went past one of yours, uh, one of your recent, more recent developments in uh, in Manly a couple of weeks ago. Bower. Yeah. Tell us about. uh, I presume you know the majority of the projects that you've done have been in Melbourne. Was this the first project you've done in Sydney, and if so, why? Why Sydney? Uh, Look, it was just a unique
1: opportunity. Um, It was a mortgagee auction. I don't think people in Melbourne really understand how good that part of Manly is. We went to an auction with a budget and we were successful at well and truly under what we thought we might have to pay. And then, you know, we sold that out once we changed plans and permits and so forth. We sold the development in probably four days. So, I um, mean, it was an amazing success. Yep. And finding someone that's capable of doing that's probably been uh, been the challenge. Because it's not a massive project, it's only six apartments, but they're big. You know, they you know, they averaged like seven and a half to $10
0: million. So yeah. it was one out of the box. And you're looking to do more projects and more developments down the track in Sydney, or are you gonna sort of continue to focus in Melbourne where possible?
1: Yeah, look, we always, um, we're always looking. You know, I've done projects, you know, in uh, in New Zealand, um, in Sydney, Melbourne, built stuff all around the world. So there's nothing that really um, phases us um, in terms of, you know, what our appetite may be. It's really finding those unique sites and being able to sort of get them to market. At the moment, we're not really seeing a lot of um, lot of great opportunity out there, despite, you know, everybody talking about the markets in the doldrums. We're not really seeing a lot of, you know, great development sites come to the market. There's plenty of people out there trying to flick stuff, but we're not seeing,
0: you know, heaps and heaps of great buying opportunities, yet we're hoping. I want to take it sort of more back to, to your journey and, and what you've seen and, and what you've learned. What do you think it takes to succeed in this business? Obviously developers come and go You know, every year, every couple of months, somebody's really big, then they're in the, down the doldrums, then they're back. How do you stay consistent? It's not easy. Um, you're only as good as your last
1: project ever. Um, and I always say, one bad project can pretty much wipe out, you know, three or four good ones. So it's always trying to find, find that next one that's gonna be another level above is quite difficult. It's also about having, having a team. But the real success to property development is you know, making money on the way in, and a lot of people don't really understand that concept. It's hard to, to buy and hope that you're gonna make money along the way. You need to actually make the money when you're actually doing the buying, and that's, that's the key. It doesn't make sense to everybody, but when you actually do it and you feel like you've bought something and that you know this is gonna be a success, That's probably the key to success in this. It's all in the buying.
0: And how do you, when you are buying new opportunities, is there a couple of fundamental things that you look for or is there a particular strategy you go in with that you'd be prepared to share? It's always a hard one to share. People often ask,
1: but um, I get a feeling. It's really no more than that. Um, You sort of know in your gut that this is the right thing or it's not the right thing. We were agonising over a site the other day and I said, you know what, the fact that I'm actually agonising over it means that we're not buying it. Because it this it, 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 it doesn't feel right. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have the right answer for that. No, there's no no
0: right or wrong answer for that. It's just it's basically it comes down to a feeling. And with your experience over 30 years, I understand that in the development industry, does it still still excite you? Still still get enjoyment out of it? Have you ever sort of wondered about you know moving into different industries or different sectors? Or you're, you're still sort of laser focused on on property.
1: No I I'm I'm always love the uh, loved the development uh, industry. Uh, I did I, I mean I really enjoyed my time in the corporate real estate sector. You know, working for Smog and working for Toll working with companies that have got you know, uh, big balance sheets, lots of property, and they're not experts, the companies aren't experts in how to, how to treat and how to use their properties. I still quite like that space. So um, if there was opportunities to go back in and sort of do workouts for um, some, some companies and try and teach them how to use their lease covenant uh, to generate value and make more value out of their, out of their companies, um, I would do that. Um, but generally the development industry is, you know, is, is where
0: I'm at and um, you know, what I'm focused on. And when you um, do eventually move away from, from property and, and tone things down, what is there a particular building or a particular um, sort of couple of years or, or moment of your career um, that you'd be most proud of? I like to be able to sort of go past some of the buildings that we've, that we've delivered
1: and say, you know, I built that. I don't think there's a, a lot of developers out there that can drive past some of their sites and some of the things that they've built and say, you know what, I did that. Because there's a lot of crap out there, in, yeah. in, in my opinion. But no, I think that probably the biggest take out for me is really the people that I've met. You know, I've been around the world with my job. Um, I've, I've travelled extensively, we've built stuff everywhere. And I've met some of the best, um, you know, best people in the industry. Um, created some great relationships. Um, and I think that i probably take that, you know, more than anything. It's just some of the people that I've met, some of the figures. Um, you know,
0: just been, it's been a pretty amazing journey. Throughout your career, you're obviously, you know, you've worked with some of the, the most well-known identities, some of the biggest high-profile figures in, in the property industry. What did you learn from them? Who who taught you the most, and, and who did you look up to, or who do you look up to still today?
1: I have been lucky. I've sort of worked with or come across, you know, some of the you know, the biggest um, players um, in the game over uh, over a number of years. Um, and there's a number of people that really taught me you know various things about business i think probably victor smorgan actually back in the smorgan consolidated days was um whilst it was in the property industry they they had a thing called the smorgan way and you know one of the things that i always remember is my word is my bond Um, and i've always took that out and one of the other things was you know two heads are better than one so hence me when i say creating teams is the, the greatest thing um, I think they two two of the great takeouts, and I also operate under a thing called what I you know what I say is the old mates act, um, which not a lot of people do, but I um, like to sort of you know do unto others as you would have them do to you. So I think just being um, a decent person uh, in business. There's another guy, probably my um, you know my greatest mentor and the, the person I looked up to the most. Um, is a guy by the name of David Berger. I mean, he was just an unbelievable man who created a, um, a company called City Freeholds in Sydney. Um, he arrived in Sydney from Hungary uh, during the war with nothing and created an empire. And David and I used to sit in his office up in Castlereagh Street in Sydney and chew the fat about you know various bits and pieces. And you know he was just an unbelievable uh, guy who, Um, created such an empire from nothing that, um, you know, he's probably the, the guy in my head all the time. I still remember, you know, he used to say to me, Michael, never sell. (laughs) <laughs> and it was always, it's always been a difficult thing to do because sometimes you do need to sell, as we all know, to, to, to get ahead. But he was probably one of the best. I think Lang Walker is probably you know, the guru of the industry. Yep. Um, I'm lucky enough to know Lang. You know, I know I've met and done some business with some unbelievable people. You know, the Goodman Group, you know, we did a billion dollars worth of um, deals together.
0: Um, just met unbelievable people along the way. And outside of work, any particular hobbies? Anything you enjoy doing just to wind down?
1: Well, I'm, a, I'm a recent, um, you know, stand-up paddleboard surfer, so you know that's my uh, that's my new passion. Whenever I get uh, whenever I get spare time, and there's a, a group of us in the industry again who um, we go on these uh, on these surfing trips. So we've got one uh, got one coming up next week actually, so we're looking forward to that. Where are you off to? Oh, uh, off to the Maldives this time. Beautiful. Yeah. Finally, uh, what's next for Michael Fox? I think more of the same. Looking for opportunities. We're hoping that those uh, will come in this in this current market. I think that there will be some uh, some some better buying opportunities uh, around, and we pretty much want to set our business up for the next two years. So we're probably not looking for stuff that's going to happen today, but we're looking for stuff that we're going to be bringing to the market in you know two to three years time. So we're focused on on that, um, looking at acquisitions, and we're we're reasonably aggressive at the moment too, if we if we can be. Michael Fox, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks very much.